You're listening to episode 34 of the Fat Fueled Female Podcast. Welcome to the Fat Fueled Female Podcast. I'm your host, Marcia Chow, a holistic nutritionist, personal trainer, and proud dog mama of two. I am obsessed with helping women achieve their goals, feel confident in their skin, and become empowered health advocates. This podcast is designed to help ambitious women thrive on a low-carb, high-fat lifestyle, so tune in each week as we talk all aspects of nutrition, improving your fitness, enhancing your mindset so that you can take inspired action and live your best life all starting from the inside out. I'm so happy to have you here. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fat Fueled Female Podcast. Marsha Chow here, your host, your coach, your nutritionist. And if you don't know, I am located in Vancouver, BC, British Columbia, Canada. And for the last four, five, six, seven, feels like forever, we have been going through a major heat wave. And in my condo, I have an air conditioner in like my kitchen, living space. And then in my master bedroom, I also have a portable AC. But in my office, where I do all my work, I have no air conditioner, not even a fan. So I tried literally three times to record this episode without a fan because I'm like, oh, I don't want it to sound. I want the audio to sound good. But guys, I couldn't do it. My upper lip was sweating. I was overheating. I couldn't get my words out properly. So if you hear a humming sound, I don't even think it's going to be a humming sound because it's like a new fan. But if the audio isn't as crisp in this episode, my apologies. I just wanted to preface that there is a fan behind me. So I'm actually able to use my brain (laughs) and get my thoughts out properly. All right. So today's episode is a real client with real results. So I reached out to this client of mine. We had worked together in 2019 and we both have really similar stories. So I reached out to her. I'm like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast, share your story, your journey, your experience, everything? And she was like, not really. (laughs) And she's more of a private person. I 100% respect that. But she's like, I'm open to you, you know, sharing my story if it helps any other women or listeners if you could just play please change my name so I've changed her name and I appreciate you beautiful if you're listening to this episode for allowing me to you know share your story with our listeners so I've changed her name to Jane and at the time when we worked together Jane was a 34 year old 34 years young female um, and she booked a consultation On my website, after we connected through Instagram, she slid into my DMs and was inquiring about learning more about my coaching and nutritional services. So when we jumped on the Zoom call, we both instantly kind of clicked. You know how there's some people that you just like vibe with right away? Yeah, she Jane was one of them. So when we went over kind of like her, you know, issues that she's having with her health and just like her dieting background um she had started dieting when she was 14 and that's around the age when I started dieting and she began dieting because a group of girls um when she was in PE class when she was changing called her fat and ever since that comment and she's like you know what I actually wasn't fat like um 
she's like, I wasn't like severely overweight or anything. She's like, I just was an early bloomer. So she's like, I actually had like pretty big breasts at that age. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're the same person. That was me too. So because of that comment uh, about, you know, these girls, mean girls, um, calling her fat and just, you know, saying that to a woman when she's already in a vulnerable place, when she's changing. So not cool. But anyways, um, that comment laid its roots in her mind and she believes that kind of was the pivotal point which created, you know, the vicious cycle of extreme dieting and really played a very significant role in her life and in her self-confidence. And when she reached out to me, she was determined to lose 30 pounds. And she mentioned she was really frustrated because uh, she was really frustrated not being able to lose the weight because she thought she ate a relatively healthy diet. She went to the gym two to three times a week. But when we dove deeper into her intake form, um, when she actually committed to working together, um, she had mentioned that she was always bloated. Uh, She had lost her period for four months and she would only have a bowel movement every like every few days and she lived a very high stress lifestyle. She worked in the corporate world and she would drink a lot with clients whether it was like whining and dying in a client for dinner or even like lunches and then that was kind of her coping mechanism working long days, get off work, have a glass of wine or two or three, unwind, watch some reality TV shows. And that was kind of her routine. And she had had a history of having really poor digestive capacity. Again, obviously, you're only eliminating every two days and tons of heartburn. She's like, I would get heartburn eating anything that she would like chug down Tums. Like Tums were like she couldn't leave the house without having Tums. And lastly, she always felt tired and she was always frequently getting sick. So my role as a holistic nutritionist, one of my jobs is to connect symptoms a client is explaining to me And really try to identify systems and organs that are out of balance. So first off, when she said no period, the first thing that came to my mind was high stress levels, like adrenal burnout and a low fat diet. And when you think of your hormones, all of your sex hormones are derived from fat. So you need enough fat in your diet to actually make healthy hormones. Also, what can also disrupt hormone levels and cause amenorrhea where you miss your period is eating a really low calorie diet, over exercising, because it's putting your body under so much stress and you're not feeding it enough nutrients. So when it comes to stomach acid, where she kept on eating loads and loads of Tums, People, many people often think we have too much stomach acid. They're like, oh, it's just too much stomach acid, too much stomach acid that I'm just going to take some Tums to like not have so much stomach acid, not have this like heartburn that's like burning my esophagus or even taking it a step further. Some people will go to like a family doctor and explain how they have this aggravating heartburn and they will get a prescription from an MD, which is usually a PPI. So it's a proton pump inhibitor, which will downregulate your stomach acid. So the problem with these are 
A, the Tums, it's completely changing your acidic environment to an alkaline environment. And if you understand what pH is, it's a scale from 0 to 14. So anything closer to 0 is more acidic. Anything closer to 14 is more alkaline. So your stomach is approximately 1.5 to 2.5. It's super acidic because it needs to be. Why does it need to be acidic? Because when you chew your food, that is actually the first stage of digestion, carbohydrates actually start digesting in your mouth. So chew your food, okay? Mechanically break down your food sufficiently enough. I always tell my clients 30 times. They're like, what? Yes, 30 times. And that's hard for someone who's a fast eater like me. You have to slow it down, be intentional, be present when you're eating your food. It doesn't cost any money. (laughs) It just takes your awareness to actually chew your food. So chew your food, chew your food, chew your food. When you chew your food and mechanically break it down with your teeth, it sets the stage for better digestion, absorption, assimilation, and elimination. Because when it gets to the stomach, the stomach doesn't have to work as hard to break everything down. And how does the stomach break everything down? With the acid, with the stomach acid, hydrochloric acid. So when you take a Tums or you take a proton pump inhibitor, it's changing that environment from acidic to more alkaline and why we need it to be acidic, not just to break down our food, to kill bacteria, microbes, digestion of minerals, all of it. So it's a Band-Aid solution. You may have some form of relief by taking a Tums, by taking a Zantac, by taking a PPI, but it is just a Band-Aid solution and it's not going to get to the root imbalance in your body. So when it comes to the stomach, I want to refer to something as the lower esophageal sphincter, also referred to as the LES. Now think of this as kind of like a trap door. What it does is when you eat the food, it keeps the content of your stomach from bubbling back up. It's a trap door that closes. So the esophageal sphincter muscle opens and expands when there's no food in your stomach because it's like, okay, well, there's no food in the stomach. We can open it up when there's no food in your stomach, which means you have little to no acid, right? It's not like, okay, the stomach is full. I just had a steak. I'm going to close that to keep the acid in there to get the digestive process flowing. And I refer to the stomach as like an acidic washing machine because by the time food leaves your stomach, it should be a liquid form. It shouldn't be semi-solid anymore, okay? So the, the LES... It tightens and closes when you're producing stomach acid to help keep your food in the stomach and aid in the digestive process. But what happens is the body gets confused when you're trying to digest food without enough stomach acid being produced. So the esophageal sphincter opens and expands and stomach acid actually climbs up into the esophagus causing that heartburn. So actually if you're not producing enough, the flap will open and whatever type of acid HCl you have in there will actually shoot up. Now why I'm sharing this with you is because Jane had antacids like it was a food group okay she was taking them all the time and when we went over her nutrition we went over her lifestyle she was a wino okay she was drinking 
I think I mentioned that at the beginning of this episode. She was drinking wine all the time, okay? So when it comes to alcohol, right, the amount of alcohol Jane was consuming obviously it was really affecting the integrity of her stomach and her stomach lining, right? And really affecting her heartburn. So when people say, well, I drink wine because there's antioxidants in it, I'm like, yo, eat some freaking blueberries, okay? I don't care how you're going to try to spin it. Alcohol is a toxin that your body has to detox from, okay? Your liver has to filter it out. Also, wine is very high in histamines and that can also affect stomach lining, also affect bacteria in the stomach, referred to as H. H. pylori. So, you know, alcohol, it's good for the soul. It's good for celebration. Some of the best times and memories I have and inside jokes I make while I'm having some tequila with some girlfriends. But just don't get it twisted and think that it's healthy for you, okay? Because it's not healthy for your physical body. It's healthy in the aspect of socializing and having fun, but it's not going to support any system in your body no matter how you try to spin it. So alcohol, it is an anti-nutrient and it can, you know, further irritate the lining of the stomach, which can lead to inflammation and can also increase the risk of developing ulcers, which essentially are holes in your stomach, where your stomach kind of eats itself. And that can also be related back to histamine foods, where the wine comes in and related back to too much bad bacteria referred to as H. pylori. Okay, I know there's a lot of terms in there, but just remember, alcohol is not going to do your body any good, especially if you have a bunch of systems in your body that are out of balance. So when Jane and I started working together, we started focusing on one thing at a time because I find if you give someone 10 things to do in one week, you feel like you're on a freaking diet, your brain goes into overwhelm, it seems too difficult, you want to quit or you do quit. So small changes that don't feel hard. So the first thing was, hey girl, hey. How much do you want to actually feel better? You know, life is choice, but if you're hiring me and we're working together, we need to get rid of the wine at least for four to six weeks. And this was probably the hardest thing for her because she was drinking wine, I think like four to five times a week with clients after work. So it was like, it was almost like a food group, like the Tums. So that was the first thing we did. We got rid of the wine. Okay, and that was one of the most beneficial things we did. And also she's like, I'm saving a lot of money, the amount of wine that I'm buying. She wasn't buying the cheap wine. Okay, she was buying the expensive Pinot Noir, like $50 bottles and drinking, you know, a couple of those a week. Right. So that was the first thing we did. And the second thing we did was we started giving her more HCL, hydrochloric acid, and pepsin with each meal, right? We wanted her body to naturally start producing more stomach acid. So the first week we started with one pill at breakfast, one pill at lunch, one pill at dinner. We did that for the first week. It was fine. No symptoms. No reaction. Okay? Second week, we amped it up to two at breakfast, two at lunch, two at dinner fine started feeling better really in the second week she started feeling a lot better just with no wine and taking you know hcl and pepsin third week we bumped it up to 333 okay and she was able to have no reaction doing hcl and pepsin pretty much nine pills a day 
I also explained to her that her low energy could be due to malabsorption starting in the stomach, right? Because that is where protein and fat start digesting and absorption of specific minerals. So if you don't have enough, you're not going to get everything from the food you're eating. Most of the digestion or absorption actually happens in the small intestine. But if you don't have enough HCL for like the beginning stages, that's going to affect everything. That's also going to affect the transit time and be linked to constipation. So the next thing we kind of looked at was her gut health. So gut health is a huge plethora of a topic and in this episode we don't have enough time to go over everything but we removed certain suspect foods that could be irritating her gut and we removed specific carbohydrates that can ferment in her gut and we removed gluten and all the inflammatory oils. So that was kind of the next thing we did because the integrity of your gut really affects every system in your body, especially if you have leaky gut, especially if you are having reactions to certain foods, especially if you have brain fog, if you have slow transit time, all of this can related be related back to the integrity of your gut. So the major like organs that were pretty much out of balance were her stomach, her small and large intestine, and then her adrenals. So your adrenal glands are two glands that sit on your back, on top of your kidneys. They're like the size of your thumb or half of your thumb. And that is where all of your like stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline, all of these hormones are secreted. So those are the three kind of systems and organs I was focusing on. So Again, we have to look at the body as a whole. It's great if we look at obviously how much food you're eating. That is part of a tool in my toolbox. You can be eating the best quality foods, all organic, all grass-fed, all grass-finished. But what if you're eating 500 calories? Okay, or what if you're eating 5,000 calories or what if you're eating like 30 grams of protein and, you know, based on your activity level, you should be eating 150, right? So I always like to say it's really hard to improve what you can't measure or can't see. So tracking is a tool in your toolbox. So after, you know, I gave her a bunch of lifestyle recommendations, supplement recommendations, educated her on how the digestive system functions, how to support her specific gut imbalance, then we actually went in to look at her tracking and how much she was actually eating. And surprisingly, she this isn't actually that surprisingly for me because many women I work with are under eating. You know, average I'm not not on average but like you know it's at 1100 1200 1300 calories and that might be fine if you're a small petite little girl um you know like 1200 calories might be fine for someone who's like five feet and 100 pounds that might be all you need to eat but for someone who is five eight and at the time I believe she was around 170 when we started working together and how active she was and how on the go she was with work that was severely under eating right so I believe when we started working together I think she was eating around 1200 calories and I think her protein was really low like 30 grams of protein a day and to put that into perspective that's like a scoop of whey protein isolate or that is like 
four ounces of chicken, okay? So not very much protein. And of course, as we age, we lose muscle mass. And if you're not obtaining enough amino acids, aka protein, from the diet, well, you're not really going to be able to build muscle mass. So there were so many steps we had to work through um, with her body, again, focusing on systems, and then slowly building her metabolism up week by week. So it was like metabolic adaptation where we were kind of doing a reverse diet where week by week we would up her calories. I believe we did 100 to 150, just being really strategic about it because it can be really scary to tell a woman who wants to lose weight, hey, you need to eat more to lose weight because we're so programmed to think that less food is always better, less food is always better, less food is always better. But if you're coming from a place of 1,200 calories and nothing is working and you're actually gaining more weight and you're feeling like garbage, you got to feed your body more food. You got to get your body into a safe and healthy place with real food, whole food, eating enough. And then when your body feels safe, then you can reduce the food in a strategic way. And if you are fat adapted, it is a zillion times easier because you have activated this secondary metabolic pathway for your body to run off fat opposed to just carbohydrates. And you create metabolic flexibility where your body is conditioned and trained to run off of not just ketones, aka fat, but also glucose, aka carbohydrates. So Jane and I actually worked together for six months. She really wanted to have that accountability, someone in her corner to support her throughout this entire transitional process. And she's like, the wine girl, this is the hardest part. And the funny thing is, we had mapped out, I believe it was six weeks, no wine. After the six weeks, I don't think she had her first drink till at like a th- week week three, I mean, month three or four, because she just started feeling so much better. And she ended up losing 30 pounds, but it took her eight months to lose 30 pounds because we spent two months actually rebuilding her metabolism and changing pretty much her entire diet and bringing her body into a safe place that by when we got into like the second or yeah, we reverse diet for two months, two and a half months, I think actually, when we got into the two and a half mark or three month mark, then we started adding a fasting protocol. Then that is referred to as a calorie deficit. And that is when she started, she started feeling really great in the first, I think, yeah, first couple weeks. And then when she started fasting, she's like, oh my gosh, this is the easiest way. Like I don't even feel hungry because I'm running off of ketones. I forget to eat sometimes. I don't feel like I need my wine all the time. And she became such a much healthier, happy person because she had better energy every single day. She could go to the gym with vigor in her step. Whereas when she was eating, I think it was 11 or 1200 calories and working like a dog, it was like just overtaxing her adrenals and putting her stress response even higher, just going through these HIIT workouts. So there was a lot of fine tuning and adjusting, but you know, in those eight months, she actually created this healthy lifestyle that is specific for no one other than Jane. And I'm so grateful that she, that me and her cross paths, the universe brought us together and that she's now able to live a healthy, happy life. Oh, and also her period did come back. I think after two and a half months, 
once we really started amping up the fat and getting her eating better quality food and getting her eating more protein than the 30 grams she was eating. So that is Jane's story in a nutshell, completely oversimplified. And Jane, if you are listening, I appreciate you and thank you for allowing me to share your journey on the podcast. And you know, she had to put in the time. It wasn't like with diet culture, it makes us believe that we should have these instant results and gratification right away you see those transformation photos in like 21 days and if you're coming from a place where you have a lot of digestive issues and adrenal issues and gut issues it takes time my friends it takes patience and it takes commitment I really wanted to have a real clients you know case study on here because so many women and men, but I find more women have a lot of digestive issues, whether it's constipation, whether it's bloating, whether it's gas, whether it's heartburn, whatever it is, all of that stems from some form of gut imbalance. And in my signature program, Gut Health Glow, which will be launching in the next two to three weeks, it was supposed to launch in July, but life got busy, summer got busy, so it got pushed back a bit. But I identify three different gut imbalances, stress gut, yeast gut, and gastric gut. And based on what gut imbalance you have, I will give you the tools, the strategies, the education, the knowing of what you can do to heal, seal, and repair your gut. So thank you so much, extraordinary, beautiful human beings for listening to this episode. I appreciate you. I'm grateful to have you here and I will catch all of you next week. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel you got some extra value from this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you could head over to Apple Podcasts or whatever service you're listening to this podcast on, drop a five-star review. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Doing this really helps more people like yourself find the podcast. And if you're not already following me on social media, right now is the time. You can find me on Instagram at Marja Chow for all your nutrition tips, tricks, and inspiration, or visit my website at fatfueledfemale.com where you can download my free seven-day keto meal plan with recipes. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I will catch you next week.